When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine an ordinary commercial flight within the continental U.S. taking a turn for the worse due to the emergence of geese. Blinding the pilots and malfunctioning the equipment. The plane goes down, submerging into ice-cold water that floods the aisles as passengers rush to escape drowning alive. This indeed took place on a wintry day in Queens, New York. It was a chilly Thursday afternoon in New York City. 150 passengers boarded U.S. Airways Flight 1549 from LaGuardia Airport. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Some of them were prepared to get off in Charlotte, North Carolina, while others would arrive at the plane's final destination of Seattle. The date was January 15th of 2009, not a heavy travel day and the feeling of getting back to work and into the swing of things was in the air. Naturally, most of the men and women traveling were doing so for work, dressed in their best office attire. By and large, they were frequent flyers and were used to going through the motions as the announcements were made regarding emergency precautions. They felt confident, with the 57-year-old Texas native manning the Airbus A320, who, unknown to them, also happened to be a veteran, and captain of the Air Force nearly 30 years prior. As the plane prepared for a 3.24 p.m. takeoff, LaGuardia Air Traffic Controller Patrick Harton went through his usual procedure in making sure that all was clear and communicated so to the captain and first officer. The only notes of interest regarding weather were that New York had seen some minor snowfall earlier that day. Additionally, a storm was expected to hit a few days later, so a few of the passengers had moved their flight a day or two earlier to be safe. Takeoff started as planned, and passengers expected a smooth flight, as well as a short one for the many passengers getting off in Charlotte. Captain Sully turned to First Officer Jeffrey Skiles only one minute after going airborne, remarking what a beautiful view of the Hudson it was as he admired the skyline. Just a few seconds into the flight, at an altitude of 2,818 feet, a large flock of Canada geese blocked the alluring view, 
flooding the flight deck windshields like they'd never seen before. For experienced pilots like Sullenberg and Skiles, this could be much more than just a slight nuisance, or even an unavoidable splat of guts on the aircraft. Birds could break engines altogether when flying into them, and what you may not know as well is that only a mile or so out from where LaGuardia planes take off is Rikers Island, home to the largest jail in New York State, constructed in 1932. Rikers is additionally home to a population of thousands of Canada geese that have grown exponentially since the banning of the use of chemical DDT in 1972. To the chagrin of animal rights activists, due to issues of interference with LaGuardia's planes, the state has worked to euthanize the population of the birds to the best of their ability. As Sullenberg and Skiles recognized the possible interference, the plane suddenly stalled, and passengers noted it was as if the flight just stopped mid-air and hovered. They were confused, not knowing what had happened, but passengers with a view of the left engine swiftly became horrified as they viewed a fire blazing before their eyes. While the flames erupted, a series of loud bangs frightened everyone on board. Sullenberg and Skiles were mortified, now confirming that both engines had shut down. What followed next would be the pungent stench of the birds burnt alive by the engines. No time to discuss, they needed to react quickly as the other 153 total people on board the plane relied on both of their expertise to make a split-second life-or-death decision. First Officer Jeffrey Skiles did exactly what he was trained to do in that moment. Grab the QRH, or Quick Reference Handbook, immediately. From there, he would keep his composure and calmly but swiftly read each step to Captain Sullenberg. Captain Sullenberg made a mayday call to Patrick Harton, working air traffic control, and with Harton hyper-focused and feeling the adrenaline from the magnitude of the situation at hand, listened closely to what the emergency was. He urged the captain to return back to LaGuardia immediately. The men would first attempt a restart of the engines in doing so, but that failed. As Harton continued to urge the men to get back to LaGuardia and relay which runways were open to do so, Sully matter-of-factly let him know that they were unable to turn around and do so. Harton then asked if they could land in Teterboro the small New Jersey airport located on the other side of the Hudson. As they rapidly attempted to make the landing happen, the flight was falling at an unbelievable rate. Sullenberg and Skiles tried to keep their composure, but were also aware of the catastrophic reality at hand. As the famous sound for an announcement from the captain went off, passengers would hear the words that frightened them to the core. This is your captain. Prepare for impact as the flight crew then shouted at passengers to get down. Harton, still on the line, relayed to Sully which runway they could land in for Teterboro. Can't do it, Sully replied matter-of-factly. Harton at first took the response to mean that Sully needed a different runway to use more in his direct path, but the captain clarified that he would be landing in the Hudson. In shock, Harton would ask him to repeat that. Not only do Airbuses never land in bodies of water, 
But even when training on flight simulators, pilots are never trained to learn such a skill. Landing in water is too unpredictable to even attempt on a flight simulator with the endless variables of the currents. If history were to repeat itself, the outcome would be disastrous. Thirteen years prior, Ethiopian Airlines Flight 961 attempted a water landing in the Indian Ocean during a hijacking scenario by three men. On a flight of 175 passengers and crew members, only 50 would survive the aftermath. Harton stayed on the line with them as engaged as possible, but as the altitude of the aircraft reached below 300 feet, Flight 1549 would disappear from Harton's radar. They lost contact, and he'd assumed the absolute worst. Harton would be asked to leave his position by supervisors at this point to give a briefing on what had happened and would also text his wife a message. Had a crash. I'm not okay. Can't talk now. Unknown to Harton, as he briefed higher-ups, passengers would get down on the ground as instructed, and those in seats near the exits got the doors ready as detailed by staff. The plane would make its landing, but upon impact became submerged in water. Sullenberg and Skiles' view was now blinded by the currents of the Hudson as they landed, and they were unable to see just how deep the plane was in it. That freezing water during the dead of winter would flood the plane, and everyone on board would fear the unfathomable nightmare of drowning alive in it. Seconds that felt like much longer would compound with the plane inside the water, but then suddenly, everything would stop. Adrenaline was rushing through every crew member and passenger's veins, but in a flash, a calm ambience would drown out the chaos and the plane was now floating. Sullenberg would perform his duty of heading back to check on everything and everyone on board, while Skiles would stand by and run through the steps of the evacuation checklist. Once they knew they were okay to do so, the doors would be open and passengers now donning life jackets would crawl onto the wings of the unlikely makeshift flotation device with more water flooding the Airbus by the second. Everyone on the plane was now up against the clock to get out, as people were now neck deep in freezing water. And to make matters worse, many trying to escape were injured, including a flight attendant with a deep leg laceration and a passenger blinded at the time by the sheer amount of jet fuel in the air. Emergency services, including firefighters and first responders, were next called to the scene as onlookers saw what had happened and the people who were on board prayed to not freeze to death. After several minutes, passenger ferries would make it to the scene and maneuvered getting people on board as swiftly as humanly possible. More room would still be needed, however, to fit everyone, and the Coast Guard and Fire Department would be the next to join in the rescue effort. With this unprecedented event, the last people making it off the wings were still worried sick, wondering if everyone on board got off in time, and were also plagued by the thought that the plane could even explode at any second. Amazingly, though, this truly was the miracle on the Hudson, as it would be deemed. Air traffic controller Patrick Harton was still processing what had happened, when what he considered the impossible came true, and he was alerted that everyone was now safe. 
as he turned the television on with every station reporting on the remarkable landing, he was beyond relieved to see all of those people now safe. Yeah, Bill, we can certainly add some information at this point. The towers are telling us that they do, in fact, believe that everyone got out of this Good. aircraft okay, which is absolutely amazing. But let's give you a little bit... Flight 1549 had only been in the air a mere five minutes, but it was five minutes that no one on board would ever forget, and some still live with the scars to prove it. The staff and Captain Chesley Sully Sullenberg in particular would be deemed heroes by the world. Current president at the time during his last days in the White House, George W. Bush, would call Sullenberg along with Barack Obama, just five days short of what would be his first day in office. Bush's father, President George H.W. Bush, would even go on to name his dog Sully after the captain. A hero and a special service dog named after him got the chance to meet yesterday for the first time. It's the summit of the Sullys. They're like Captain Chelsea Sullenberger, on the pilot known for the miracle on the Hudson, and his namesake, Sully the Service Dog, for the late President George H.W. Bush. In addition, Sullenberg would be invited to throw the first pitch of the 2009 Major League Baseball season. In the years that followed, Sully would become a celebrity of sorts, transitioning to a public speaker, author, and was even tapped to run for national political office. Many books, TV specials, and even a Clint Eastwood-directed feature film detailing his story would be released. As recently as 2021, Sullenberg was even nominated as ambassador to the Council of International Civil Aviation Organization by President Biden. Despite the hero worship, as some may put it, National Transportation Safety Board investigators were tasked in the weeks and months that followed to put any of the public perception bias aside and thoroughly look into if the staff handled the situation properly. It was necessary to get a definitive answer on if they truly exercised the best option they could. Don't forget that one slight deviation from how things went could have resulted in a fiery crash instantly killing 155 people. After an arduous process of going through different scenarios, however, evidence showed that weather conditions along with the state of the plane itself would have made landing at either LaGuardia or Teterboro an impossibility. It was also determined that, as suspected, the engines breaking and setting on fire was the result of the swarm of geese that the plane was unable to avoid with the birds going into both engines. Strangely enough, however, after a DNA analysis, the geese that collided with the plane were not from the Rikers Island habitat as suspected, but rather geese migrating from Canada. To this day, architects and engineers are still figuring out ways to keep aircrafts clear of any birds so that this scenario never has to happen again. What we do know for sure is that Captain Sully Sullenberg, First Officer Jeffrey Skiles, Air Traffic Controller Patrick Harton, and the flight attendants and staff members showed the importance of keeping a level head when the pressure is on like never before, and the sheer gravity of split-second decision-making. When boarding a flight, most are concerned with nuisances like a crying baby and cramped legroom. On a bad day, maybe some turbulence. Even if uncomfortable, however, we feel generally safe from the more disastrous elements of nature. 
Never would one expect having to swim out of water that could freeze a person to death. The prospect of geese taking down a flight isn't a thought that often crosses our collective minds either. So the next time you're on a flight, listen earnestly to those emergency and safety instructions because January 15th of 2009 was like any other day for those passengers, with no idea that in minutes they would end up in the wild. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared, because you never know when you may find yourself in the wild.